Wait, are we? That was fast. I did say it fast. Quickly, we are back. Um, On the draw this week. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Win, lose, or draw. Dylan is there. Uh, he, he's got it all. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I was listening to uh, this cool theme song that we made for this. Um, we didn't make it. Our friend no. Jared Gleason made it. Uh, yeah. He makes the themes for all of our weird stuff. Uh, if you don't know who we are, we are some nobodies. My name is Zach, and uh, that guy is Dylan. And Mostly. together... <laughs> we are mostly uh some nobodies uh actually we are all of some nobodies well that's not true there's a bunch of us um but we do create a bunch of weird things we create podcasts we create shows we create uh very lengthy text messages that we refuse to send because we like to see that little draft uh number on there um but uh yeah so we've made weird things like silicon angels which is um you know it phone calls of a sex robot uh manufacturer uh that really Really, you just—they really get you with the warranty. Uh, and we make a bunch of weird stuff. Uh, we have on our show called Talking Upstream, in which what we do there is we talk to creators of our things, uh, podcast creators, movie creators, uh, plastic food that you can wear on your head, creators, uh, even creators of uh, other shows that we've created, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which was ourselves. Um, but we talk to them and we get their creative process and how they do it, why they do it, what they do, and then together we collaborate something. We've made 42 of those episodes, and season two is coming back pretty soon. Um, but uh, we didn't want to keep making up a whole bunch of new stuff without working on the cool stuff that we've already done. So we made this show where together we will work on a project and uh, show you guys how we get from point A to point Z. Um, and uh, with your help, hopefully, and if you have any questions or comments, please throw them in the chat because we love talking to people mm -hmm. and we like being right so whatever you're saying is wrong uh we will be right so uh fill in the comments and <laughs> and we'll prove to you that we're right about things um zach's not being aggressive to the listeners <laughs> yeah uh yeah i'm trying, I'm trying to I'm trying to neg a cyber audience right now okay uh, cool yeah yeah that's what it is yeah uh you know we were doing a bunch of 90s movies i'm like you know what's cool in 90s negging yeah <laughs> that was real cool and you're just like I don't like you. I do Make them really I want like your you. approval. Yeah, really. Like, oh, that drawing sucks or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, <laughs> uh, before we get into the concept we've been working on, which is a really cool one called Deadbeat, uh, in which a uh, a cop gets possessed uh, by a demonic uh, demonic force. Demon. Yeah, yeah, demon force. And uh, has to deal with it. And it all kind of came from just the one tagline, which was uh, possession is nine-tenths of the law. And from that sparked uh, this weird thing. We worked on this on our show, Talking Stream with Scott Curtis. Uh, you can find the show, uh, the uh, link to that in the show notes below if you want to see how we created that. And then now we're going to work on that. So before then, I always have some kind of weird, stupid stuff to talk about just to make sure people can get into the chats and uh, prove to me that I'm right um, <laughs> about other people's comments, uh, which is not true, really. Uh, but the thing that I want to talk to you about this uh, this week, Dylan, is mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's advertising. 
Uh, when it comes to movie advertising, there's a couple different things that, you know, people can do to get, you know, viewers, I guess. And the whole point of advertising is really just to make sure people go and buy the product that you're selling. The one that kind of caught me, the you know, obviously the Avengers have been doing this thing where like they'll kind of change a little bit of the marketing campaign to make people a little bit off the path mm -hmm. of what's going on. But it was Spider-Man that really uh, got under my, under my skin as far as advertising goes. And it was because there's this new style of advertising, which is leaks, right? Which is yes. where they kind of, because they don't really know how to display <clears throat> Mm -hmm. something that will give away a movie because uh i, I think when you look back at our spider movies uh, even like no way home when you bought a first trailer you knew that entire movie so then they've been kind of fixing how they do trailers mm -hmm. now a lot of times now marvel movies are so big that it relies solely on the surprise like what is the thing now because of that you can't really advertise that so they decided to do this thing where they'll do uh leaks where they have uh themselves poses nobodies and they'll put pictures out that make people say wait is andrew garfield actually in this now he has Toby to go McGuire into spotted on set <laughs> yeah Tobey Maguire and zendaya were having lunch together the same time that tom holland and his brother were filming a scene spoilers for spider man into the homecoming no what's it called into the homeverse in, in, into the spider-man yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> right into him. Uh, and, and I was curious how you feel about this style of marketing where, you know, the, 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 the nerd, I guess, uh, comic, uh, whatever fan base is so large and they're so speculative that they like to gather little bits of info. And you know that I'm one of those people and I'll, I'll freeze frame things and, and screenshot it. I worked on the Batman code for a while learning that it was oh, already yeah. solved. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but, this this is a weird one because it it, it kind of I don't, I don't know how to feel about the fact that they're kind of tattling on themselves and then deny it's almost like they're gaslighting us for for questioning why they're releasing things well we i i think the spider-man no way home marketing campaign is not an anomaly but i think it's definitely kind of the next step in marvel's misleading marketing campaigns that they do um mm -hmm. they've done it before where i'm thinking of infinity war the first time that i noticed it when there's a scene of all the heroes charging and the hulk is there mm -hmm. not in the movie it's ed it's bruce banner inside a hulkbuster suit so they they will make very specific changes between the trailer and the actual finished film, which were kind of lies. Like, you know, the, Oh, the Hulk is there, but it's Bruce Banner, like that sort of thing. Yeah. And then, you know, people started anticipating that a bunch of different versions of Spider-Man would show up in this movie. And it, it felt, it always felt to me like it was a, it was a foregone conclusion that, with the success of Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man comics for a long time have had this kind of like multiversal boundary crossing going on. There's a lot of like, from what I understand, there's a lot of modern day Spider-Man comics where he interacts with versions of himself from across the universes. Um, but you would see in the marketing campaign for this movie, it relied a lot on nostalgia. Mm -hmm. And the few scenes that we saw I'm thinking primarily of the shot of all the villains leaping towards Spider-Man. Yeah. And there's only one Spider-Man. 
And yet it seems that the lizard strikes something midair that you can't see. Yeah. Which allegedly was only visible in the Brazilian version of the trailer. Mm-hmm. But we know but, about it. <laughs> but <laughs> it had it was vis- it was somewhere. That kind of mistake probably would not get past Marvel's QA. Yeah, I, I just I don't see that happening. I don't see like w- with with what a you know uh, mega conglomerate Marvel is now uh, mm-hmm. having somebody make a trailer that has to not go through anybody else, but it just pops up out of nowhere. Like every little thing matters and i think they know that and when you watch a movie like uh spider-man when you look at every single license plate like they're all references to something like each one Mm -hmm. is uh you know a comic reference or something something so they care so much about the tiny details it just it it, i I, but i think the leaks i think specifically the leaks i think you're right about the details and i think the the release of the four frames too late cut of the trailer Mm -hmm. was intentional yeah because i think one of the big issues with movie trailers in the last few years has been revealing too much of the plot to the audience before the movie's even released yeah um i know that (laughs) it was the amazing spider-man 2 trailer had literally the last shot of the film in Mm -hmm. the trailer yeah the last few seconds Actually, yeah, this, when he's this, fighting the rhino, yeah, it's the, the last like five seconds of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the explosions behind him and the, the manhole cover on the web, whatever. And I think this is partially Disney trying to like let audiences know that there's something they want in the movie without being the ones directly and visibly responsible for spoiling everybody before it's release. Yeah. It, it is just, a, it's an odd technique to me. Um, and it seems kind of lazy, but also manipulative, I think, because they, they know that we're going to pick apart every little scene, you know? And even when you watch the the, the trailer for Spider-Man No More Home, uh, No Way Home, where Doctor Strange is, you know, doing his thing with his coffee cup. And Wong is like, Strange, don't you cast that spell, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that's not in the movie, nope. you know? So it's like, well, that's weird. But now it's not I in the movie. But it's at the beginning of the Multiverse of Madness trailer, which right. aired at the end of No Way Home. And I heard that yep. line and I'm like, yeah, that wasn't in this movie, but they're using it to call forward Multiverse of Madness. So I'm curious if what they can do now is they just film a whole bunch of scenes mm-hmm. and then kind of put movies together in a different way. And, you know, I think the first part of that was Gwyneth Paltrow not knowing what movie she's in. <laughs> uh, and I think it's because yeah. that they don't, they don't know they actually don't know when they're filming certain scenes what part of what movie this is going in so i think that kind of sucks because it made her look stupid um and i i don't think that that was uh you know uh, real yeah. but whatever uh it it is just odd that they're, that they're choosing this new style of of campaigning for advertising and i think that the sonic one also is is really detrimental to how you can advertise a movie uh because you put out a bunch of things uh, making it seem like you have a movie when mm-hmm. all actuality, what you're doing is crowdsourcing a bunch of comments <laughs> and then making yeah. a movie based on those comments because you know that those are going to please the fans that are now invested because they got their way, but they didn't. <laughs> they just got sucked yeah. into paying attention more. So it, it is so weird how the new style of advertising is going because everything is so reliant on 
spoilers and you know and 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 sneaks and everything else so it, it yeah i just i was curious how you feel about all of that and what you think moving forward how movies are going to advertise knowing that it's got to be so you know like you think about the flash movie where michael keaton ben affleck's in it mm-hmm. now they're saying that uh 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 Zod and uh, his uh, henchwoman are in it, and there's what two or three Ezra Millers in it, and there's uh, and also there's uh, maybe America Chavez is in it, and yeah. there's so many weird people. In- I'm kidding about the last one, um, but oh, you almost I've... I know, uh, well, she's Marvel character, I, uh, but there's just I so realize, but there's it, just yeah. yeah, there's so much going on in these movies that you almost can't show people what they are. Yeah, so do you have any any thoughts on that or what do you think marketing is going to change in the future? I mean, I think with Spider-Man, it was more transparent than it's ever been on Disney's part. I think that movie in particular wanted so badly to have that moment of surprise where, you know, the other Spider-Man are going to, are going to be in it, but we want it to be a good reveal, but it will get people to buy tickets knowing that they can go see their old Spider-Man that they liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you bring up the Sonic media campaign, definitely felt in retrospect. I only recently watched Sonic over the holidays. I It was on some streaming service. I'm like, yeah, screw it. The second one has Knuckles and Tails in it. You got mm-hmm. the trio back together. And I, I was a big fan of Sonic growing up, the video games. So... Cool to see Knuckles. That trailer got me pretty hyped for the second one. Yeah. <clears throat> as much as trailers can anymore. Um, but watch, I, I watched that first movie with the original Sonic design in mind. And I was like, how would this play with coked up weird Sonic? Yeah. And I couldn't, it, it, it confirmed in my, I, I had a theory and I wasn't the only one who thought this that they weren't ready to release the movie yet with mm-hmm. their original date. So they released the trailer with a really bad prefab, intentionally poorly designed Sonic design so that there would be such an outcry that they would be able to like go back and put some finishing touches on it. I have nothing yeah. to back that up. Well, but or, we know that or, movies go back for reshoots and redesigns mm-hmm. and whatever you like delayed for whatever reason. And this was pre-COVID, so they couldn't kind of pin it on like, well, we want to save it for a hybrid release or whatever yeah um give me a second well also i think the the cool thing and, and to touch on what you're talking about is that i think that this sonic movie was done and i think that they purposely put out an <clears throat> ugly sonic to get hype i think that that was intentional uh and which is weird I, and i didn't mean to cut you off but go ahead no that's fine the movie itself is fine uh i i liked it more than i disliked it which is yeah. The, the best I can probably give something like a Sonic movie. It's the um, best Jim Carrey's been in a while. <clears throat> it's the best Jim Carrey's been in a long time. Yeah. Um, James Marsden is fine. Um, the yep. Sonic stuff is pretty fun. Uh, they, they, they do a lot of callbacks and stuff. And I can't imagine that working with that weird pseudo-realistic design because yep. he does his like pinball moves and he runs super and he does all that stuff. And I'm like, that would have been such a weird misfire if I had seen that with the with the original original design. Yeah. Um, now, DC style, I think they're just grasping at straws, and I think it's unfortunate that they are again trailing Marvel, getting on the multiverse train, 
because DC's cinematically (laughs) cinematically well because Flashpoint and Crisis on Infinite Earths and stuff were I think far before Marvel had any sort of like big scale crossover multiversal stuff going on that was back in what the 80s uh well Flashpoint Crisis Crisis was uh I guess early mid 2000s uh Flashpoint was like like 2012 I think um now, but but you're right though. The only real Marvel thing that touched on multiverse was Spider-Man. There was a character called Madame Web who was able to uh, interact with every version of Spider-Man, mm-hmm. uh, and that's very cool. And then obviously uh, Venom being the symbiote was uh, infinite universes. Uh, but DC has always talked about multiverse. DC has mm-hmm. has been the one that was yep. Earth One, Earth Two. Uh, they I, I, to me uh, they were the ones that originated the multiverse in comics. And it just—it's so weird how movies have shaped the minds of what people think that comics actually are. Because everyone's like, "Oh, DC sucks," and no, <laughs> DC is a great comic company with a wealth of characters that are all troubled with powers. Uh, Marvel are people that are flaunting their powers, and they want to show you how cool their powers can be. DC is a bunch mm. of characters that are <laughs> sure that are just wrought with power and don't know what to do with it and they they wake up struggling uh to be powerful and i think that's yeah. why dc is so cool but the multiverse thing so it is hard like how to to show advertising but then you think like matt reeves with the batman like what he's doing is something that really touches uh one of my chords which is you know the mini leaks you know like when you look at the bottom of one poster and there's a bunch of spanish in there and you rework that into a website that you're like oh wow there's weird riddles on this website that lead me to an image and i'm like what does this image mean you know and now that's interesting because now i need to see batman because i'm like why why was this the advertising it reminds me it reminds me of the cloverfield marketing with all the slusho stuff and the alternate world websites and all the satellite things and yeah you don't know what's going on in the movie unless you participated in the marketing blitz beforehand um and it makes sense i think that helps reinforce the riddler as someone who always has a plan and kind of you know sprinkles clues everywhere yeah, but then I also fall down a trap where I'm like, mm. now I'm now I'm upset because I need to watch a movie to understand the advertising for the movie that I've mm-hmm. already seen just to re-go back and go, okay, now what, what did that commercial mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm curious where advertising is going in the future, knowing that streaming is going to be such a big deal. How do you advertise for streaming? Uh, now that there's like these big... Uh, these big war, like this, the Disney wars are going yeah. on because everyone's suing Disney for putting all their stuff on streaming. So it, it is... I just, I don't, I don't know. It, it's weird because they got to be new, but what's the new, new? And you got to, you run, you st- you're going to start running into the issue where how do you advertise your exclusive series elsewhere? Yeah. Because if I'm advertising, if I'm trying, if I'm HBO and I'm trying to advertise the newest HBO series, I'm not going to get commercials for it on Netflix or Disney plus. Nope. Nobody watches TV. Uh, no I've, I've heard, no, but I, I have started hearing, uh, advertisements on podcasts, which if you're looking to sell advertisements, hit us up at some nobodies. Uh, yeah, we'll, we are, we'll, we'll sell out. Um, we'll talk, we'll, we'll advertise your Dr. Kevorkian drama, whatever the fuck you're advertising. Oh, um, that weird, that weird Dr. Kevorkian doc, uh, Dr. Action, action romance movie. Dr. Death, I think is what it was called. It was like, uh, and it's like. They, they get the same person for all of these commercials where it's like, 
exclusively only on Peacock. And it's like this really like intense, like, yeah. And I'm just like, plus 30 seconds, plus 30 seconds. Mm. All right, there we go. But you yeah. run into this issue of like, when everything is so insular, how do you advertise elsewhere? You buy yeah. ads on the internet, pre-roll ads on YouTube. Cause Disney plus isn't going to sell you advertising space until they do. Until they uh, do until we're back to cable except you are paying for every individual channel you want yeah. um <clears throat> yeah now so this is all i mean this is all issue that now that we're on the the frontier of a new media format mm-hmm. this is all stuff that's going to get worked out in the next five years not to the consumer's benefit but there we are Yep, and soon we'll have to uh, log into Roblox to see our next uh, advertisement for DC stuff. Uh, The next Star Wars movie isn't going to make sense unless I play Fortnite. Yeah, (laughs) well, because I was trying to think about a way that, you know, because social media was such a big bang, what, like 12 years ago, 10 years ago, uh, you know, and it wasn't really that long that Facebook just kind of popped off. And I was trying to think of like, okay, what's the next big like social media bang? Like, What's the next thing that's going to just capture people's minds? And I I realized that I think that it's going to be the metaverse. I think it's going to be uh, because, you know, I'm scrolling through all my Google headlines and one just popped out to me and it just made my brain skip. And it was that Paris Hilton is opening a store in Roblox and my brain could not comprehend what that meant uh i i just i could not get it and because like roblox is an individual game right like if i play roblox like can you play on my yeah on my multiplayer roblox? oh it is yeah so there there is a place that you can yep. go and uh just go to like roblox stores so yeah oh so that's, boy that, here we go that's, yep that's it so um just so you know, I've purchased land in a metaverse, and uh, some uh, some nobody's castle oh, is going to be God. there soon. Um, just yeah. I I want a cabin in the woods so bad. In the in the metaverse, you got oh, it. Oh no, no. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's uh, cabinthewoods dot dot com, mm. and there you can be as solitary as everyone else is. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so anyway, that's uh, weird nerd stuff. If you have any uh, information for me on how advertising works and what you think the next is, go ahead and throw it in the comments or uh, text Dylan, please, because uh, I would like to uh, have him respond to one of my texts. <laughs> Damn it. Every time. Uh, all right. So now with the last oh, part of the show. Thank you, producers, for putting that on screen. God, I hate whenever they do that. It's so annoying. <laughs> it's so. Uh, anyway, so. Um really getting some stares by the producer over here <laughs> oh <laughs> what's doing it wasn't whatever uh, okay anyway the rest of the show uh we're going to go over what the show should be about which is content creation uh this is the part three of uh, deadbeat i'm gonna let dylan kind of talk about where we are at what we're trying to accomplish with the rest of this episode and why this is such a cool idea yeah so uh <laughs> So uh, we are doing Deadbeat. The idea that we originally pitched was a cop gets possessed by a demon and fights crime. Real easy. Here's a little development document. Uh, This is where we've been scribbling our notes. Uh, We're not in the writing process. This is just expanding our outline. The outline Mm -hmm. we had originally wasn't super detailed, so that's why we're doing the show. Uh, I've split this up into Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. I am using the beat sheet that I have adapted from Jeffrey Calhoun's book, The Successful Screenwriter, which takes kind of every beat you need. uh, You turn those into scenes and then you write those scenes out. It comes out to about a 93 page script if you do it like 
dot dot dot. So we have like Act One, usually pages twenty one to twenty five. Then Act Two, twenty six to sixty five, and then Act Three, sixty five to ninety. That's it. That's the end. Uh, ninety page script, ninety minutes. Uh, usually it turns out to be like a hundred because you got credits and you you know you have your long drawn out shots that last longer than the stage directions take to read. <laughs> we have a very rough outline of details, and first act is pretty well laid out. Second act has some effective essential parts in it and act three needs some more uh needs some more details so i thought today just i'm gonna go i'm gonna go through the story as we have it right now just broad strokes see where we left off Mm -hmm. so we start at the night the two main characters are on their beat at the docks and they split up to investigate some shady stuff uh the main character has a partner who is a member of a cult he doesn't know that but listening to the main character's girlfriend on the radio she does a radio show with a band that is doing a promotional stunt with the local museum, showing off some sort of ancient cultures artifacts. Main characters see some cultists try to load a crate off a ship into their car, drives off. They give chase because they're stealing something. Crate falls out after a speed bump or something. The cultists get out and the cops stop and get the crate. Partner hit their head, so the partner is kind of out of it. Main character stops to investigate the crate. They radio the headquarters, get the EMT out there. Inside the crate is a big stone tablet. Spooky runes are carved on it. Main character's looking at it. In the background, his girlfriend's radio show is playing a song that is adapted from the text on the tablet, which activates a tablet, possesses him with a demon. Boom. Page 10. Inciting incident. EMT shows up, inspects the partner, says they're okay, but he needs to be brought in for inspection. The EMT is a guy named Michael. He is secretly an angel. Uh... Takes the partner to the hospital, so the partner is out of the uh, out of the scene. Main character calls his girlfriend to like get let her know that he's okay or that he had an incident or something. They we see that they care for each other and that they're separated by their jobs. Main character finishes her beat, encounters a junkie, gets into a fight, gets hurt, or does he? Mm. Because when he looks down, there's just a rip in his shirt and no injury behind it. He's thinking, "I'm lucky." Uh, let's the guy go. Goes back to the precinct. Uh, his partner's there waiting for him because he got discharged from the hospital. Partner logs the tablet. Main character goes home, sees his girlfriend. Partner sneaks the tablet out to his uh, mega church, which is a cult headquarters run by a guy named Brother Jeremiah. They do some sort of ritual to try and get the character possessed. Turns out there's no demon in the tablet. They think it's weird. Partner immediately puts it together that the main character's the guy who's become possessed by the demon. <laughs> uh, Brother Jeremiah is like, all right. Get your partner in here. We're going to deal with this. At Craig's house, he's doing his uh, Spider-Man Sam Raimi transformation where he's like, oh, why is my shadow flickering? What's this voice? Why do I smell sulfur? Et cetera, et cetera. Do we have a gas leak? His girlfriend's like, hey, take it easy. Let's go out. We'll do something. Nice. I don't know. Nice. Yeah. He realized, and then... Act one, he should probably realize by the end of act one that he's possessed by a demon. Fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some stuff happens. We need to flesh this out a bit more. But the partner gives the the main character's address, and they raid his house while he's out on the date. They come home, do a reverse home invasion, because he gets, like, demon hulked out. Goes room by room, fights off the cultists. Gets really intense in front of his girlfriend, freaks out, and leaves. Some stuff happens. (laughs) Uh, Craig runs into the main character runs into his girlfriend's friend who's super religious. She tries to get him exercised. The exorcism goes bad. She gets killed by a falling crucifix. Uh, the cultist is there. Maybe they show up. 
And maybe that's the reason the exorcism goes badly. We do the we do the three-way standoff between evangelical church, cult, Craig Demon. Uh, but uh, the main the main thing is that Caroline is dead and Craig runs off as he's partially demonized and he realizes, oh, maybe this isn't such a good thing to happen to me. Uh, Craig tries to cast off the demon, kind of succeeds. The demon withdraws willingly, but of course all the injuries he sustained during his crime-fighting spree, which we'll detail at some point, yeah, start to manifest because the demon's not keeping him together anymore. So Craig has to physically wrestle the demon in order to subjugate it and make it come back into his body and keep himself from dying. Uh, Craig is called, told the cult has his friends. They've kidnapped Shania, the girlfriend. Okay. Sure. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Act three, Craig saves his girlfriend. Uh, maybe he gets possessed by something else. Maybe Craig gets baptized. Maybe hmm. brother Jeremiah and him have a brain fight. Uh, hmm. But ultimately, <laughs> Craig fights off the cult. They'll run away. He, he saves his friends. Uh, with the help of Michael, the EMT, and his girlfriend, they realize that playing the song on, from the radio backwards is going to put the demon back in the tablet. They do it. The EMT is right there to keep him from dying of his injuries. He wakes up in the hospital. Everything's nice. It's great. The cult has been very, very badly diminished in strength, but they're still out there. He gets promoted to detective for solving the tablet issue. Maybe his partner takes, not takes the fall, but you know, he, his partner takes the rap for it. Yeah. And then uh, we end with that little like, you know, post-credit scene, the tablet's on display in the museum, the janitor's listening to music on his headphones and the runes glow red. Yeah. Deadbeat. Uh, Deadbeat. It's a rap. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, you can see there are some gaps in this story. Yeah. Some pretty substantial ones. Um, so, right, yeah. First off, uh, if, if, you are, uh, if you are checking this out, if you're just tuning in right now and you just heard Dylan's recap, uh, let us know what you think about the story so far, Deadbeat, uh, and if there's any parts in here that you think that we should uh, go back over or fix it, uh, especially while we're, going, while we're going over and fixing it. So what, what are the parts that you think we should uh, fill in or work on the most right now? So I want to get down here. This is the beat sheet that I've laid out. <clears throat> this is an adaptation of your classic kind of beat sheet and the one Jeffrey Calhoun does in his book. Uh, and I have gone through and kind of added everything in their approximate places with some page counts. So the inciting incident, this is him getting possessed by a demon. Page 10. We're good. Antagonist one, tie the antagonist to the character. The cult is the antagonist. His partner ties him to the, ties him to the main character. The debate. We need to see... Craig realize that he's possessed and debate with himself. Am I going to use this to fight crime? Of course, the answer is yes, but we need to wonder if that's going to happen. This would be the equivalent of uh, Neo being willing to follow the white rabbit in the matrix one. Yeah. Part one, we intro, there's a meet cute. <laughs> uh, he runs into Trinity in the nightclub. This is Shania and him kind of like hidden. You know, we see them together. We see that they're very happy with each other and working up to getting married. He wants to be detective. They are not quite stable enough to do that. Page 25, plot point one. Beginning of the story, a moment of conflict pushing into act two. This would be him starting to fight crime as a demon. He takes down his first uh, robber, whatever. Um, this is Spider-Man deciding to put on a suit and running out to fight crime for the first time. Yeah. Okay. We also introduce the supporting character one, introduce and paint them as unique. This could be the demon. We could introduce the demon as a supporting character, similar to Venom, where Venom has his like 
hey, turns out I'm Venom. What's yeah. up? I, I haven't seen Venom. I don't know if that's what he sounds like. Uh, uh, almost verbatim. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Turns out I could have written Venom. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We're all hacks here. We're all Tom Hardy's. That's Act 1. Uh, act 2 we got to focus on a central conflict, usher the story forward. So this would be him. This would be Craig being like, yeah, man, it feels good to fight crime. But everything I know tells me that being possessed by a demon is a bad thing. I wonder how I'm going to deal with this. 45 is the midpoint. That's where the character experiences a figurative death and a figurative rebirth. It's a significant moment. You force a literal or figurative resurrection on the character. This would be the home invasion. Kind so of. So this is when he he moves into the superior level of, of strength because of the demon? Yes, this is the halfway point of the movie yeah. cool. um, where he realizes what he can do and he uses it to kind of like come back from a hard moment. So the home invasion, he deals with the demon, stuff like that. Okay. Um, the heart character has a crescendo that's related to the death and rebirth. So this would be him being like, listen... I'm not going to go out and fight crime as a demon tonight. I'm taking you to a uh, uh, expensive restaurant on the rocks mm -hmm. and we're going to have a good night to ourselves. Then the antagonist too shows up. This is where they get some development. So the partner shows up and we see some partner stuff happen. I don't know. Uh, pinch two. This is like the pinch. This is where the character experiences a lot of pressure and the supporting character has support or uh, presents support in order to like, provide a moment of change so this could be um him kind of like fighting the demon at the docks and being like listen you're gonna leave me alone he goes okay but then you're gonna die without me he goes okay i guess i'm gonna wrestle you back then yeah leads into plot point two which is the point of no return so he has embraced the demon inside himself and is going to uh yeah deal Wait. with that Pause. Has there ever been a story where a bunch of demons are around and one of them gets possessed by like a human and then they kind of just get made fun of because they don't have any powers anymore? A demon gets possessed by a human? Yeah. Like a uh, like a like a reverse possession. Can that happen? Is I I doesn't ring a bell to me, but we can definitely do it. All right, put that in the notes anyway. Okay. All right. <laughs> But uh, the, this, you know, this area, the the pinch is where Caroline tries to get him baptized. It doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. Plot point two is the point of no return where he wrestles the demon for control. Uh, he goes to the heart for strength. The heart could be either Shania or Michael. Uh, resurrection is when they use the tools they have learned to the mastery of the demon to choose a second death and rebirth, this time in a triumphant tone. And then he uses it to beat the bad guys and the antagonist suffers their ultimate defeat and the supporting character recognizes and implements change and the heart has an ultimate conclusion and the character returns to people with their gifts and, uh, you know, the Shire has never felt war and Harry breaks the Elder Wand mm. and everybody except Chewbacca gets a medal because mm. ultimately the conflict doesn't matter to Chewbacca because he's like 180 years old and he doesn't give a shit. That's true. He's still got his fur, so he's happy. Yeah. So yeah, that's that is what a beat sheet looks like. That is my hyper accelerated masterclass on the beat sheet. There you go. Uh, as best I understand it, I got a lot wrong, but that's kind of the guideline that we're using to write this story. Yeah, you probably got a lot right too, though. So yeah, we'll see. Keep that uh, in mind. <clears throat> so we need to come up with the RoboCop sequence of him fighting crime as a demon cop. Mm -hmm. 
which is going to be the um, that pinch at the start. Fun and, fun and games is what it's also called in some beat sheets, where the character enjoys their new power before things go wrong. Now, all right, so enjoys new. So this is before the home invasion scene where they just go they wreck havoc, right? Uh, yeah, so this, this is before. So this is the scene. I guess what we're trying to show is that they have more power than they think but it's still within their like realm like they don't know that they're possessed uh but they do have a little more power than what they used to have uh or what they're used to and now they're going a little crazy with it this is just after they realize they're possessed but they don't know to what level this is him kind of like first interacting with the demon learning what he can do learning what they can do together yeah now i guess it would just be our main character either like spending too much time working uh like kind of just sitting in you know i don't have like a montage of them going over all the cold cases and then just kind of like trying to do so much more um that we there's that idea uh we also could um all right so cop yeah he's gonna be stuck kind of on a beat but he can do vigilante stuff on the side yeah um now are we trying to give the demon like a bit of a like uh, like a personality or like do they interact with each other are we doing that kind of thing i think so i i I think in order to make the demon feel like a present threat that he might take over craig's body and use it for evil i I think we need to give the demon some character yeah i can definitely see it taking over and that makes sense to me i don't know if we have to give him a character per se um because if we did, I guess it would be more funny or, uh, I guess, clever if if they weren't malicious, right? Because if if the bad cult was trying to just grab this demon to use his powers, um, the demon probably wouldn't want that, right? Demons don't want yeah. to be controlled. Yeah. The so, demon is in Craig's body of his own, uh, as far as it knows its own terms yeah and it doesn't want to be forcibly taken out and put in the priest's body also priest bodies are like they sting they hurt yeah yeah they <laughs> i thought they stink I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah they probably they probably do <laughs> okay it's like wearing a suit with a bunch of fish hooks in it yeah so i guess that means that we're gonna have like the scene where he's on his normal beat uh and i guess there's like a, a convenience store robbery that he's like getting involved in and things go way better than he anticipates because like yeah maybe he he would have gotten shot or something but to maybe it's a main character he feels like the person missed or whatever but they actually just shot him you know what i mean is that what you're kind of talking about at this point he knows that the demon is that he's possessed i think i think by the end of act one he knows that he has a demon in him right but what I'm saying is, like, he's taking more chances, and he doesn't know the extent of what this power oh, can do yet. So sure, he's like, yeah. he's like, all right, let's, let's see if we can just do this. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, and maybe, okay. So if we give the demon a consciousness, I guess there would be the conversation uh, between Craig and the demon, right? Which is yeah. like, hey, what, what, what are you doing, and what can we do? Um, and. If the demon knows that there's this cult trying to get him, then maybe the demon's like, look, we got to take this cult down. 
we got to take them down. They're bad guys. And Craig's like, that's kind of out of my league. Uh, you know, but I think that what, what do you think about if the D de- if the demon knows that if he gets put back into the tablet, he's going to be taken by this cult. So he wants Craig to succeed, I guess. Right. He likes Craig more than he likes the cult. I, I think he, the demon wants a, um, a human body so he can act in the material world. Otherwise it's just stuck in a rock. Like it can't do anything in a rock, but he's like, Oh, I can eat now i can i can destroy things now i love being in a human body like yeah and so it doesn't want to go back in the tablet not maybe initially because he's like you don't want me to fall into the cult's hands do you Mm. but in reality it's just a selfish demon that wants to experience things and those things are bad but there we are okay so what what kind of scene do you think we need then like what? What? What would be a a proper display of superpower? Um, I I like the idea of Craig being given some time off due to just and maybe he's given like a a few days or something, and it's him deciding to be vigilante about it. Okay. We express we we have a conversation between him and his partner about the 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 stifling nature of bureaucracy and how like yeah i'm only on a beat i can't go out and fix i can't go out and fix things and so this is him and the demon being like i'm gonna go out and like try to you give you can give me power right and he's like give me power you know i'll give you power if you give me experience or something you know yeah but i i feel that i feel that if if there is the the push and pull because uh, the demon doesn't just take over Craig, no. right? He, so, so there has to be a, a motive uh, of the demon to to want Craig to be able to have control, um, right? Like he has yeah. to have a reason that he's giving Craig the power and not consuming Craig. And if I, all I he think, wants is, I think power corrupts, and I think the demon is like, I it's, I I we could we could have some sort of metaphysical supernatural rule that Craig has to be partially willing to let the demon in, you know? Mm. And so the demon is like tempting him because that's what demons do traditionally, where it's like, use your power, use my power a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> You're using it for good. You're using my power for good, right? And you can do more good if you use more of my power, right, Craig? Or, or... stop the store robbery next, stop the next store robbery, then yeah. You see the guy causing trouble in the high rise, fight your way through the high rise. And like, yeah. So what, what if we kind of go down like a crank route where like, he almost has like this violence built up in him yeah. and he has, and he has to expel violence or else the demon's going to completely control himself or control Craig. So now he has to f- choose where to use this powerful violence so that he doesn't get taken over. Cause if he gets taken over, uh the the cultists are going to win or whatever so so craig has to decide now where to push this very aggressive violence in a way that is on his terms legal (laughs) which would be vigilantism so yeah i I like that idea so like throughout the day craig is just kind of getting angrier and angrier because this violence is like in him that the demon needs and uh when he gets off work that's when he's just like Okay, okay, and then he just goes crazy on things. So he always yeah. goes to like the bad. Do you like that idea? I do, and we can tie that into messages about self control and violent tendencies and yeah. resisting those urges to do a little go 
a little more extreme measures. Yeah, because I, I always need a reason for the the sharing of abilities. Because if this sure. demon can just take over, why would he take over? You know what I mean? He doesn't I, need Craig. I don't think he can take over without Craig being like, yes, take over. Sure. I, I, and uh, the good thing about the good thing about doing this is that we can kind of make the demons rules be whatever we want. Yeah. Where it's like you know, by, by play, by reciting the tablet, by reciting the words on a tablet, you invited me into your body, which means you want me to use your power. And he's like, I didn't know that's, I, I didn't though. And yeah. he goes, ignorance of metaphysical law is not just justification for not so, following it. So it's the equivalent <laughs> of just clicking the, uh, the, the, I've read all these. And yes. I agree to all yeah. the terms. <laughs> It's like, look, man, you you said you said all the words, and he's like, I didn't know what I was saying as a song. That's just that, what I didn't even yeah. say it. Somebody else. You said were it. you were the vessel nearest me yeah. when the word when the spell was recited. And then he said, Look, I'll go into a different body if you want. And Craig's like, uh, No, not right now. You don't like Let's, that? No, 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 no. I I like. I'm saying from from Craig's oh. point of view, he's like, No. Yeah. And because then like, that is maybe, yeah, maybe that all is unwittingly him. Craig allowing the demon to reside inside him. Right. Like when the demon shows up the very first time, there's like only like maybe kids around. And he's like, look, you don't have to keep me, dude. I'll go into a different body. And Craig's like, oh, God, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> let's let's I'll, OK, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take yeah. it. Let's yeah. figure this out. Uh, cool. And then he's like, look, you have I'm going to take over your 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 brain if you don't. I guess give me souls somehow, somehow a measurable amount of uh, expelled violence. Uh, mayhem. It, like we do, we can do a classic kind of like evil spirit thing where it is. I want to wreak havoc on the mortal world and your yeah. body is the tool through which I act. So right. you can control the style of havoc I wreak or you can yeah. set me free and I'll find a different vessel who might be more willing or, yeah. Just like a pressure, just like a controlled release, we can find the right pressure valve to push. And then we see him like look over, and someone is like, uh, someone uh, trying to snatch a purse. I don't know what what yeah. crimes are committed in eighty Chicago that aren't too harsh to talk about when we're doing a podcast, like a car, you know like, a car like a carjacking, like a carjacking. And yeah. Craig's like, yeah, take, let's do it. He yeah. gets demon hulked. We see a second set of eyes open up on his forehead. Uh, something we see a shadow behind him form some sort of crown of horns or something. Yeah, and then he rips and tears and does this demon yeah. thing. And demon say, "Look, either you choose a person or I choose a person." Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, I'm into that. Cool. All right, and, yeah. and obviously that's going to start on very low level crimes and then escalate yes. itself up. Uh, and at first, it's like, all right, <laughs> let's just stop this guy because he is a, you know, a, 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 a bad person. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and he's like, ah, oh, fine. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that idea. I think that's cool. And then I think, um, I think we need to delay the partner telling Brother Jeremiah about Craig. Because I think the partner is concerned about Craig's health first. And he's like, I'll figure it out. I'll try to get the demon out of him. And okay. then when he fails to get the demon out of him, that's when he tells Jeremiah. Then in act two at the rebirth, we have the home invasion scene. Craig runs off into the night, partially demon possessed. And that's where we have the pinch. Yeah. Um, and maybe there's a scene where because there's the the 
like the uh the, the conversation between the demon and craig uh maybe there's like a thing where the demon can make craig like sleepwalk you know like he can kind of like maybe control him when he's not that conscious so maybe craig because I, I feel like there's cool. gonna be a part yeah, okay. where where something bad happens that craig's not really aware of and that's yeah when he, yeah so i i kind of like that too like if craig's not really persistent uh the demon can start controlling him like say like craig's kind of daydreaming and he's like mm -hmm. wait what, am, what why am i punching this person you know he's like he's ah he's walking down the street and like you know, thinking about things, hands in his hoodie pockets, and he's obviously in self contemplation. And he looks down, and there's a knife in his hand, and he's like, yeah. "Wait, whoa, wait a minute, where did I yeah. get this?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And like, yeah, he's like constantly just on check. The demon will try to take over and and do violence. So I think that's cool. Yeah. Cool. All right, what's uh, what's next? Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of this. Let's see. We need a really we need a we need a timeline of like that that's pretty simple. I think what we should do, and I think this is more detail work that we probably probably isn't too interesting for the air, is um going through this beat sheet and assigning scenes to them. Because okay. I think let's see, this is one, two, this is roughly it's like nine scenes. Mm -hmm. Everyone or it's it's nine beats, everyone should have three scenes to it. And every scene should be about three pages. Okay. Which is how you get to about, I think it's like 80, 89, I think. So, um, so, okay. So it's going through the beat sheet and putting in these scenes? Pretty much. Um, right. Oh, it's, uh, it's 27 scenes, which comes out to about 81 minutes, which when you film it, expands into about a 90 minute film. Plus some scenes are longer, some are shorter. It's all variable. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's cram those scenes in there. I guess we're we're pretty much out of time. <laughs> wow, we got a couple minutes left. All right. Well, uh, what else do you want to work on then? <clears throat> no, we. Or do you want to call it here because this is a good this is a good place to stop. I think it's a good place to stop. Um, right. And if we want to like really dig into this, I think that's what next week can do. Well, let, let's set ourselves up with a to do list for next week, just so we okay. know where we need to kind of get caught up. Um, now, what, what are some things that we need to get done next? So we, we now have Act 1, except for the actual detail in the writing part. I think Act 1 is, is pretty there. Yeah. Uh, Act Act 2, the, the beats are kind of there. Uh, there's a couple little holes we got to fill in. Um, there are a few but, holes in Act 2, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do you think is the most important thing to, to get this story really going? I think we really need to nail what happens when, as far as when Craig fights crime. Yeah. When he gets home invaded, when Caroline handles his exorcism, and what happens at the church, which is about the order I think that event those events should happen, but we need yeah. to like go in and really get the details down. All right, cool. So we will make sure that out of all of our plots, so next next episode we will finalize each of these uh, beats into scenes kind of figure out what scene each of these beats are and then kind of plug in a little bit more details based on how much time we have left. I think that's, I think that's good. Yeah. All right, cool. So tune in next week when we will try to either finish up deadbeat uh, with your help, obviously, uh, or at least just pluck away at it for one more time. But either yeah. way, we do appreciate any and all attention that we get. Uh, we love talking to people. We love telling people how cool we are and how interesting our stories are and what we would do if we had 
a lot of money, uh, such as being puffy. You know, we just want to get yeah. puffy. Yeah. yeah. We all just want to be a little bit sweaty. We just want to be a little sausages. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we want to thank you very much because uh, you're the reason we're doing it. You know, <laughs> we don't tell, we don't make up stories for ourselves. We make up stories so people can listen yeah. to it and tell us. Uh, that was actually pretty cool. Thank you very much. Um, and if you want to hear more stories that we've created, like I said in the beginning, we do some weird stuff. You can see most of the logos down here at the bottom. Uh, the one that I, I am currently the most proud of is uh, a create your own pod venture. Uh, I believe in the future, you're going to find out that it was nominated for a <laughs> snobby. Not sure. Gonna gonna hold off on that. Uh, <laughs> a bit of a spoiler. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we're raking in those awards. Look, we're we're award heavy. We we yeah. now own pieces of paper that that add up to seven awards. Yeah. I don't think I have... ever got to my. Pa- I don't ever. I don't think I got my paper, but that's okay. Well, you, it got emailed to you. I had to print it on myself. Oh, uh, but oh, I tell you, okay. but I tell you what, I printed it on some really nice paper. So okay. it's a very good <laughs> award. Uh, but yeah, we are award-winning podcasters. Mm-hmm. We are award-winning content creators. That's we not a award- joke, actually. That's not a joke. Actually, we, we have won <laughs> awards for just being imaginative, uh, which is cool. Uh, one of those awards is this guy right here, which is uh, my second favorite currently, which is Silicon Angels. Very, very cool, futuristic found footage uh, talking about misogyny and toxic masculinity all in the crux relationship of issues annoying phone calls and warranty yeah. guarantees <laughs> um yeah we do some weird stuff and we just like making up stuff so uh if you want to help us make more stuff we do have a patreon where we uh throw some weird stuff on there and uh we really want to make people happy so check out the patreon help us out uh you can chuck in a buck we would like that uh it would help us out do some more more stuff we have a lot yeah. of things coming up future silicon angel season two is coming up podcast podcast the podcast show season two is coming up uh talk up streams uh season two is coming up uh a lot of seasons even creator pop venture season two is coming up also yeah. some new stuff we have yeah. a wizarding show that we still have our superhero show that we're working on uh you know the the, the yeah. meter kind of magic uh and also super empowered uh yeah. we also have something very secretive and yeah, very sure. yeah well, sci-fi. Know, it is more it's sci-fi. sci-fi more sci-fi either way yeah. we, we love you thank you very much open yeah. up a browser type in some nobodies and just listen or watch we would love that yeah. um dylan do you have any words of wisdom for our friends out there um every just remember <laughs> everybody's was... nobody to somebody <laughs> i thought that <laughs> that was yeah. that was it you guys like, oh Meh. everybody everybody's a nobody to somebody and those somebody's care. Uh, so until next time, guys, uh, I have been Zach. He has been Dylan. And you've been great. Thank you. Have a great night. Drink some water. Everybody. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, bye. Whatever.